this Sunday, uh, I'd like to begin with a story about golfing. I know I moved into a community full of golfers, and I'm, uh, I was trying to pick up the, the, the sport and uh, uh, look forward to giving it another go soon. Uh, but there was three golfers who were out on the golf course one time, when suddenly a storm came up, and it uh, there was, uh, and they were struck by a deadly bolt of lightning, and they soon found themselves at the pearly gates in heaven, and there they were met by Saint Peter. They asked Saint Peter if there was a golf, any golf in heaven, and he assured them that there was an incredible golf in heaven, that that there was most amazing golf courses that they could ever imagine. However, there was just one rule only one rule they were not to hit a duck don't hit ducks so the golfers started to play and for one week they had the most astounding golf that they had ever played unfortunately the day came that when one of the men hit a duck saint peter approached him with a rather homely woman in his arm and said you're the one that hit the duck then he proceeded to handcuff the homely woman to the uh, offending golfer and sent them off to spend eternity together. This really shook the other two men up. But as true golfers, they uh, continued to play, but played very carefully. They played for six weeks before the second golfer hit a duck. St. Peter appeared with another homely woman with, on his arm handcuffed the second golfer to the homely woman and sent them two off uh, to spend eternity together. The final golfer soldiered on alone, but he played very carefully. For six months, he never hit a duck. But one day, St. Peter approached him with a rather beautiful, attractive woman in his arm and handcuffed them together. The golfer was so overcome with this good fortune that he blurted out, I don't know what I did to deserve this. The attractive woman replied, I have no idea what you did, but I hit a duck. <laughs> we live in a world where everything and everyone is judged by outward appearances. Now, wouldn't it be terrible if we, uh, if we were to discover that uh, in heaven the same standards apply? Fortunately, uh, as we will discover in the story, uh, story today in the kingdom of God, no one is judged by outward appearances. Nowhere is this better exemplified than, uh, than the story of, of this, Israel's second king, David. Last week, we heard the tragic story that Israel made uh, when uh, they rejected the, their uh, God as, and they wanted a king. Remember, the elders approached Samuel, the prophet, their judge, and they, the elders had agreed that they wanted to be like other nations, and they now wanted a king. This idea of an earthly king was not God's idea. In fact, we found out last week that, that it offended God, and, and God understood this as their rejection of him for them wanting an earthly king. God, this was not a part of God's plan, but God conceded and gave his children what they asked for. If you were with me in, on Wednesday night this week, you, you saw that Saul was actually uh, 
Israel's first king. He, he looked amazing. He was exactly what they, they wanted, what they would have voted for. He looked amazing. He was tall. He was a foot taller than, than anybody else. He was handsome. He was strong. He was an incredible warrior. Saul looked like a great king. On the outside, his, he is the, what the people would have voted for. He's what they wanted as a general to lead them. He just looked amazing. But Israel quickly learned that looks can be deceiving because his, he was a disaster as a king. Samuel and God were, were not happy with how he ruled, so God quickly told Samuel, you know, it's time to go ahead and uh, anoint the next king. Even while Saul remained king, to go ahead, it's time to, to anoint the next king. So, so God sent Samuel headed off to, to, uh, to, to anoint the next king. God sent Samuel to a little town in Judea, a little town of Bethlehem. You ever heard that name before? You ever heard the, the little town of Bethlehem, maybe in the Christmas story? Yeah. And, and you remember the name of the, 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 the uh, boy that Samuel anointed as king, the next king? It was David. See, now, now David, in contrast to Saul, there was a substantial difference between the two. The scriptures tell us that David shepherded the sheep uh, out of the integrity of his heart. And, and we see that uh, he's out in his fields in Bethlehem. That, that when no one was looking, he cared for the sheep. On occasions, the Bible tells us that, that when, when the sheep were attacked by a lion or a bear, David would, would track down the lion or the bear, would grab the lion by the hair, and would slug it until he killed the lion just to save his sheep. Now, let me ask you something. What would you do if you were a shepherd and one of your sheep got attacked by a lion? You'd probably do what I did. Be very thankful that it didn't come for me and let that lion just go off with my sheep and be thankful for my life. No, David would hunt down that lion and to rescue his sheep. Now, now God probably reasoned that if, if David took care of his sheep and loved his sheep that well, then he'll love God's people the same way. So right off, we see this, this stark difference between Saul and David. See, one thing to notice in the story, and we're, 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 we're continuing on with the story for uh, for this week and next week, then we're going to take a little break. But this is God's story. This is the Bible uh, 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 reformatted in chronological form. Uh, and I hope everybody's reading, reading along with me. Uh, and it's, it's wonderful. But one thing to notice in the story is that, that every, uh, nearly everyone underestimated David. See, nearly everyone looked to David in an outward appearance. All they saw was this 16-year-old shepherd boy, but they couldn't see David as a king. Have you ever underestimated anybody? Have you ever, just by their appearance, just, just underestimated somebody? Surely they can't preach very well. Surely they can't be a good leader. Surely, surely this, and, and you, you underestimated them. Well, we see this clearly. Uh, we see a clear lesson in this. In the story, God's story, because almost everybody underestimated David. 
as we, we are introduced to David, when, when Samuel goes to, uh, to anoint, uh, God sends him to Bethlehem and sends him to Jesse, and God tells him it is one of Jesse's boys. Jesse, the father of seven sons. Wow. My, one of my sons is going to be the next king. So he calls in six of his seven sons. And one by one, uh, Samuel asks God, uh, is, is, is this, well, actually, if you, want, if, you, if you brought it for your study, I'm going to actually read from it. It, it comes from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, and it says this. Uh, one by one, uh, Jesse would bring his sons, and each time God would say, no, this is, that's, not, that's not the one. So he asked Jesse, are these all your sons that you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending in the sheep. Samuel says, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. See, Jesse's father brought in, okay, if you're going to anoint one of my sons, surely it's got to be one of the oldest ones. It's not David. It can't be David. I'm just, David's going to stay in, in the fields keeping their sheep, keeping my sheep. It's not David. Even, even Jesse didn't put him in the lineup. Is it because Jesse didn't love his youngest son? No, he loved him. He just, Jesse, the dad, couldn't see David as the king. See, the Hebrew word that is translated as youngest here can also be translated as small, lesser, or even insignificant. David was literally the runt of the bunch. Jesse wasn't king material. Even his father didn't see him as that. You may remember the story continues that several of David's brothers were in Saul's forces. Uh, the Philistines had come to, to rage war, and so Saul took his army, and they were both on each side of a, of, of a valley. And you may know this story. Jesse uh, sends his sons to, to fight, fight in the battle, all except David. I mean, David wasn't this warrior type. David needs to stay home. Finally, Jesse was curious about how things were going. He knew that his sons needed supplies, so he sent David, his youngest son, to go in to, to take supplies and to check see how the battle was going. So he sent David. When David arrives there, he, he finds out that this giant named Goliath had been coming out every day to challenge the Israel, or Israelites to come and fight him. So David wished to fight Goliath. And the second person that, that we find immediately begins to, to underestimate David is King Saul. David goes to Saul and says, I wish to fight. Somebody needs to fight and I will do it. And King Saul replies that you are not able. Um, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. David said, your servant will go and fight him. Saul replies, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. He's been a warrior since his youth. Saul underestimated him. But the one who really underestimated David was Goliath. You know the story. The great story. It's, it, and it reads like this. Meanwhile, the Philistines with his shield barrier in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come with me, uh, come with sticks? 
And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said. I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the, uh, of the defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands to strike you down and cut off your head. For the battle, I'm, I'm going to skip. He says, The battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And then David runs swiftly toward, uh, you know the story, runs toward Goliath and cuts off his head. And then King Saul feels intimidated and the next 14 years begins to uh, vows to hunt David down and to kill him. See, see, I love this story because it shows us again that, that, that there's an upper story working here and a lower story working here. There's God's plans for God's creation, and then there's our plans and how we hijack, in our lower story, hijack God's upper story. Saul is the leader that the people wanted. He was big and he was strong. But David is the leader God had chosen. Saul demonstrated the human's desire in this lower story, and in and, and, and David we see the beauty of God's story in the upper See, our scripture passage this morning is Acts chapter 13, verse 22, and I think I have a slide for this. It says, after removing Saul, uh, go to, uh, yeah, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything that I want him to. David was a man after God's own heart. David looked at, God looked into David's heart and saw something. When God looks into our heart, what does God see? When God looks into your heart, when God looks into my heart, what does God see? David is the kind of person that God wants to build his nation. God said, I have found the person I'm looking for. Why? It says it. He will do everything I want him to do. Not that he'll do some things that I want him to do. Or he'll follow me sometimes. It clearly states he will do everything I want him to do. See, David, David. If, when you read the story of David, you, you find that David is all in for his passion and his love and his devotion to God. He's all in. Now, I'm not a poker player, so you're not going to get me to play poker because you will win. I'm not a poker player. But what I know about poker, I've, I've learned mostly from, uh, from watching uh, MASH and TV shows and uh, movies. But I know that when, when you're playing poker and you go all in, that, that is, that's, a, that, that's a really risky move, but it, you, you, you go all in. Everything that you have, will, will, you put in the pot. You're risking every, you believe so much in the hand that, that you're able to see that you're willing to risk it all and, and go all in on this particular hand. In poker, it's a risky move, but with God, all in is a sure thing. See, God's looking for people who are willing to go all in with him because he will reward them. And David was this man who, who goes all in, and, and think about it. Why did David succeed against Goliath? Was it because he was stronger, bigger, more cunning? 
faster? No. It was because he was all in with God, and he said that this was, this was uh, not my battle, but God's battle. Remember what he said to Goliath? He said, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the, the God of the, the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He's, he's not saying, I will destroy you by my might. No, he's saying, those gathered here will know that it is not by my sword and spear that the, that the Lord saves, but it is by our Lord's. It is by God. This is God working within me. God is going to use me as an instrument so they can see and you can see who the true God is. David is acknowledging, I'm nobody. I recognize that one-on-one, I cannot defeat you. But it is not me who is before you. It is God the Father. I hope that you have been able to see that in every chapter of, of the story, every chapter of the story something has been happening in the upper story that points directly to God's great plan to welcome us back what we learned from this chapter is that David was was from the tribe of Judea and that he was born in the town of Bethlehem when you look throughout the Old Testament it's very difficult not to see that every story in the Old Testament, ultimately points to Jesus. David comes from the tribe of Judea, born in Bethlehem, and he was anointed king. Do you remember anybody else born in Bethlehem that became the king of kings from the tribe of Judea? When David was anointed by Samuel, the oil was poured over his head, and the Spirit of the Lord, it says, came powerfully upon David. When David stood up against Goliath, it was David, it was not David, but the Spirit of God that, that, that fought and was victorious over the giant. It was, David was successful in his kingship because the, the Spirit of God was with him, because David was all in. The word anointed one in Hebrew means Messiah. David was the Messiah of Israel in the lower story, but he pointed to the Messiah in the upper story. God incarnate, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. Each chapter in the story points toward Jesus. Do you remember the story uh, about uh, Egypt when the children of Israel were, were slaves in Egypt? And God sent Moses and, 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 and and he uh, uh, softened Pharaoh's heart with the plagues, the mighty plagues. The last plague was a, was a Passover lamb. Well, that Jesus is our Passover lamb. It, it points to Jesus. When, uh, when the children of Israel uh, stormed into the, uh, to Cana, when God gave them the promised land, we find that Jesus is the deliverer because the name Joshua Joshua, who was the leader that, that, that led the, the tribe of Israel uh, to, to take over the promised land, Joshua and Jesus both mean Savior. So that story points, over and over, it points to the Messiah, Jesus. Today we see Jesus as the King, the Anointed One, the Messiah. Just as David was underestimated, so the people underestimated Jesus 
Jesus was born in a stable. No room for him to poor parents and from Nazareth. What good, what good comes out of Nazareth? Remember that statement in the Bible? He was born son of a carpenter. But let me tell you, it, it, it's a bad idea. If it was a bad idea to underestimate David, it's even a worse idea to underestimate Jesus. And God does not choose on the basis of outward appearances. If so, I wouldn't be here. When God called me to be uh, a, a pastor, a preacher, God's voice, uh, I, I still remember myself as a child who had great hearing difficulties and uh, had a speech impediment. Surely God couldn't use me. No, I'm not, I'm not that person. I can't be a preacher. You ever underestimated yourself? Have you ever asked God, have you, have you ever felt uh, an urging or heard God's voice asking you to do something? And, and, and you underestimated yourself? I can't do that. I don't, I, I'm not that person. You ever had that, that feeling that, that God is asking you to, to call someone, to pray for someone, to visit someone, maybe, maybe lead a Bible study or, or a Sunday school class and, and, and discounted yourself too quickly? I don't know that much about the Bible. I, I'm not as knowledgeable as that person. I, I can't, can't teach those children anymore. I did that, and I, I can't teach Sunday school. Folks, don't underestimate yourself. And worse, don't underestimate what God can do with you. What God can do with you if you're willing to go all in and trust. So what does God see when he looks into your heart? What does God see when he looks into my heart? My prayer is that someone after his own heart. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, I thank you so much for this story, for your story, that just continues one after another to de demonstrate, Lord God, your love for us. To demonstrate, Lord God, that you have this greater plan. And Lord God, we continue to uh, hijack it. You had this great and wonderful plan for the Israelites if they were just continued to trust you, Lord. They, they, they were living as your people to be your light in the world. But yet they chose to reject you. You promised to continue to love them, but you, uh, your greater plan, Lord, you set out a path to open that that opportunity for all of us. So Lord God, as your children today, may we open up our hearts and our minds to you that we may trust in your plan and trust in your goodness and no longer underestimate who you've called and how you've called us to serve. But we love you and we thank you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Let the children of God say amen.
our final hymn this morning is America, and I think we have the slides for that song. Um, uh, as we recognize our veterans and those who serve, uh, let me um, invite you to serve in God's army. There is a spiritual warfare going on these days, uh, and it's time for us to stand up for God. And we recognize the soldiers uh, in, in our military. Let us, let us make a new commitment uh, to God this day that we'll be willing to be unique and different. We'll be willing to serve God in whatever capacity that may look like, to, to never underestimate ourselves. I, I challenge you this day. If you wish and you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Come on down and visit with me or our uh, hymn of invitation. Uh, if you'd like to join this community of faith, we'd love to have you. Just come down and visit with me.